All right, and we're back. Jugs Buds, episode... Oh, it's even smaller than usual. Ah, 96. As always, your host, Spoke Z, joined by my good buddy, Mr. At State of Hoppy. Hoppy, how we doing? We're doing all right, but it's definitely a, a two-beer night after first day back in the physical office since taking some leave, so... Oh, gross, disgusting, ugly. I am drinking nice person. Well, nice person beer. Uh, night shift. It's not like a high life, so that's really new for me. Um, wow. Hopefully, it really, really gets gets me fired up here. By the way, uh, episode ninety six, aka the Pierre Marc Bouchard episode. Shout out. Might as well call it the Spinorama episode. Hell yeah! Just that guy was just spitting. I mean, yeah, no, phenomenal. Uh, love that guy. Um, We've free got free agency, uh, free agency, hazy IPA from the good folks over at Loose Line Brewing for my first beer. Um, yeah, I don't know. It pretty much says it all. It's a very neat, a neat can. Like it just yeah. feels like it's just got its shit together to let it's very you clean. Yeah. Yeah, like it's nice. not overwhelming and it doesn't look like so basic that it's like, oh, you didn't do anything. Like they understood the assignment. They did no more because they did not need to do more. And mm. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's the working class beverage for. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, that was that's nice. a good one. That was an audible. Oh, this one's good. This is one of the place, Z, once you get out here, assuming you actually follow through on coming out here for the Frozen Four. This is one of the places we'll definitely be going. Wild card, bitches. Um, yeah, no, that's the plan. Um, so today we're going to do our best to go prospect heavy. We'll, we'll touch on a few things NHL slash NHL wild related. Uh, and then we'll just jump right into the old prospect roundup. Touch on um, some new developments just with like you know chl trade deadline just ended fucking hunter hate saginaw spirit absolutely fucking loaded up they're hosting the mem cup this year so they're making a big push obviously uh moose jaw so they did their business early with Kalen parker at the beginning of the year um they made some more additions including buffalo sabers prospect matthew savoy so we'll touch on that um but i mean just to uh, get the NHL stuff out of the way, Minnesota Wild, they're back. It's a, it's official. They're back. Best team <laughs> in the league. For like I'll two or three days, what. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All jokes aside, though, that was a complete and utter shit-kicking of the New York Islanders. Like, it was a shit-kicking. Yeah, right after absolutely receiving the same shit-kicking a couple days prior. <laughs> yeah, no, it's short memory, you know. Um, you know, we're moving on. It's the old cliches. Um, but specifically the only, well, one of the things that I really wanted to like, just start with in terms of that game, if you think I listened to one second outside of the weirdest soundbite that Bali sports could have possibly used for that bill, uh, Garrett press conference, like the media availability that he did. If you think I listened to a single second of that again, other than the, the weirdest clip that <laughs> Bali could have used before the game started, um, you are out of your mind. Cause it like. The second I saw the tweet, like Bill Guerin, like having media availability, like before the game or whatever, like in the afternoon, 
I was just like, vanilla bullshit. <laughs> I don't know what's going to make me more angry. The fucking horseshit about how I just know he's going to say, oh, no, we're not giving up yet. There's, you know, whatever. We're still pushing to make the playoffs and make a push in the playoffs here. Um, or if I was going to get more mad at the people, be like, oh, what an idiot. How is he this man, a general manager, and president of uh, hockey helps, um, self-proclaimed. Self um, so I just uh, decided not to um, watch, listen, read about it. Still made it onto my timeline, but Bali oh, Sports, no. Bali Sports, actually, the one soundbite and clip that they used was him just be like, "Yeah, uh, we're not, you know, we're not gonna fold, and um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we're gonna keep pushing and got a good team here, and um, you know, obviously, it hasn't gone as well." And then he just stopped talking for like eight seconds and goes. So that's it, yeah. Uh, we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> I mean, can you oh. imagine though? How sick would it be if he came up and he's just like, "Yo, guys, actually, uh, there's some good players this year in the draft, and Judd says we should uh, tank." So yeah, we're aiming for like roughly the fifth overall pick. Yeah, Kirill, we're gonna we're gonna loan you out to Siska Moscow for a little bit here, just till the end, so we can uh, you know. I'm on record several sports, times. Please. They need to allow player loaning. Like you should be able to trade a player for the end of the season for the postseason on like the terms that they get sent back. Or you should at least be able to then execute a trade to get that player back immediately after. Like there needs to be more flexibility. It's bullshit. Yeah, it fucking rocks. Like again, this year I am back into like the Premier League soccer because the team that I like an idiot chose to support when I was younger is the most painful team to root for on planet earth. Like I so much worse than anything possible, but like they're fun again this year, but like it's electric. Like they, they put out a tweet. We've recalled like this player that we had out on loan. Like they'll loan out all their really young fucking really good players. Aren't ready to play the Premier League or whatever. So they'll go play like division two or three in England. And like, we've recalled them from their loan 10 minutes later, we have sent them back out on loan to a different team in the same division. It's like, this is fucking insane, dude. So that would make it way more fun. If you were just like, Hey, uh, Arizona coyotes, here you go. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, Actually, you know what? I they were driving me nuts the other night. Again, they played both games actually with the sh just an absolute fucking pumping of Minnesota. But the game against fucking Boston, I think it was last week. I, days are blending together at this point. I, Liam O'Brien drives me fucking insane. Um, so you know what? They don't get any any fun players. But <laughs> we're to pick a new. We're to pick a different team. Vancouver. So that's way more fun. They are fun. Mm hmm. All right. Um, speak, but got to continue with that game against the Islanders, though. Mark Andre Fleury, what a way to get back. Well, not get back. You can't really. <laughs> Couldn't have come to and from. Um, second all time in wins. Does it with the shutout. Great performance. And it was just like with the absolute shit storm of negativity, this basically this entire season's been for Minnesota. That was just a very nice night. <laughs> like he's been <laughs> trying to get there for some. It feels like he's been on the precipice of like getting second overall in wins for so long, but this team can't fucking win a game of hockey. So it's like it felt like it took forever. But what a performance! Again, I, they played amazing. They kicked the shit out of the Islanders, and 
Islanders are in a slump of their own, but still in the playoff spots. So there you go. Still a playoff team. Playoff team. So the Metro's a mess, but it was awesome. Did you see, though, he uh, went on the Pat McAfee show earlier today? Mm. So he jumped mm. on there, which, I mean, McAfee loves him. Ma- McAfee's a big Pittsburgh homer guy, so they're all about their Penguins and the Spurs. But uh, he offered up that if Marc-Andre Fleury scores a goal the rest of this season, he's throwing 250K to uh, a non-profit or a benefit of his choice so the minnesota wild cap <laughs> the cap relief what, fund, what, yes what can they do what can they do for us uh okay. um but no but shout out mark you, you know Flurry, you man. know billy sat him down though immediately he's like you will get yanked so fucking fast <laughs> if you just start going for full ice goals no way dude fuck that because you know what Again, I tweeted out the video. I was crying laughing when they were getting absolutely pumped by the Coyotes. I looked away for two seconds, (laughs) looked back at the screen again. He is in a board battle. I was like, what in the fuck are you doing over there? That was, I love that guy. He's the best. And I was just, and he's like falling over, catching himself because he's losing his balance as he is just mucking it up in the corner with like nine other skaters. I was like, this guy fucking rocks, dude. He does. He, oh, he's the he is best. the best kind of person. Um, and of course, Cosgrove completely agree. Mid play, rubbing the crossbar was LOL funny. Uh, it's funny. I saw a couple of people that are like, oh, wait, why is he like rubbing the crossbar? It's like, have you ever watched him play ever? Yeah. Like, I think it's four like times a-, a game, he thanks his posts for the support. I don't know. Yeah, big, big fan of it. And it, it without fail, at some point in the game, no matter when he did say thank you and rub the crossbar of the post, I just love what it's like. Go to commercial break, but the the replay they they choose to show is him being like just petting the fucking crossbar, like, just a goddamn, like a fucking golden retriever. Yeah, at a boy, um, oh, it's no, phenomenal. No, I mean the the gif that I will hold on to forever is when he was back in Pittsburgh and he's doing the like stroking his knob on his uh paddle it's great oh and hey was it the islanders game he was getting in the mix dude he's he jumped out there joined a scrum i think who was he going after um someone like bumped into him or something and he was just right in the middle just mucking it up so that guy you can't accuse him of not giving a fuck or giving up so good for him but again what a what an achievement! That's a lot of fucking hockey games. That's so, a lot of time putting on fucking goalie equipment and getting fucking this year getting pumped. Well, <laughs> like, especially in like the current NHL where you just don't play as many games naturally. Now he has fortunately played on a lot of good teams to get him here, but like still to have the longevity to be able to s- stay healthy and be serviceable enough to be a starter or be a one B, it's nuts. Do you think that there is a chicken's dick shot at him flirting with Broder's number? Or is that just impossible? No, I, that's going to be too I mean, what's he still got? How many wins is he behind now? Like, like 100. <laughs> yeah, that's no he'd, I mean. he'd have to, He'd have to play <laughs> at least three more seasons, and that's if everything goes awesome for him. That's probably have, yeah. four or five. <laughs> 
on the 2022-23 Boston Bruins, you know, like just winning every fucking game on planet Earth. Like Old Mark won 40 I, fucking games. Last hang on, year. dude. They're they're doing the the three goalie system for like a handful of teams now. Can you imagine Olmark, Swayman, and Flurry? Like, sure, it'd be like awkward because they all want to play, but like, can you imagine a better time than those three just hanging out? Dude, like, what would the goalie hug turn it? The post win hug turn it? They'd have to like think of something new. That'd be out of control. But, <laughs> um, but that'd be all. and of course, by the way, like, shout out the athletic for just not letting us enjoy this moment for more than ten minutes. Immediately, I think it was the next morning. Pierre LeBron puts up puts up a fucking article. Mark Andre Fleury trade talk could pick up if the Wild don't pick it up. I was like, God damn it! Let us have like twenty four hours of happiness. I get it. <laughs> yeah obviously yeah, yeah yeah something to talk um, about I also like for everyone's understanding i don't think he wants to go anywhere like i don't think he wants yeah, to be on the road and leave his wife and kids back here like he sure if there's a team that's bolstered and ready to make a cup run maybe they can talk him into it but this isn't something that he's seeking out or the wild and i don't think billy's going to ask him to unless it's something that flurry says he'd be interested in so I'd put it pretty low probability that that happens. Although I'd still say it's a higher probability than Eck being traded to Vancouver. So there's that. Yeah. I can't believe people <laughs> fucking bid on that was legitimately insane. Yeah, like, honestly, honestly good good for that guy. Like whatever. Yeah, you got that many people to fucking bite. Sorry, that that's not even him being an asshole at that point. It's like you guys that's are all the, <laughs> No, that that's that to be honest, that's just like the fragility of this fucking fan base this season specifically. I mean, always, yeah. but like this year in particular is uh it just kind of emphasizes the emotional uh toll this year's taken on everybody, but um yeah, no, like you said, this you know, you look at Flurry too like I mean, at this point, he's now won everything you can win, which another thing, by the way, he wins his first Vesna trophy, what, 34, 35 fucking years old a couple of years ago. That's legitimately insane to me. It's kind of like Giordano winning his first fucking Norris at 37. You know what, though? Like, <laughs> I, I, it makes sense, though. Like, yeah, yeah. no point. Again, I, I guess I view this from a different lens, and you'd think most Penguins fans would like worship him and stroke him off, whereas I, like, am very much a realist that, there were some brutal times in Pittsburgh. He was good. He was never in the discussion for even like top three. Like he was never in a spot where he should have even been nominated for the Vesna. When he went to Vegas and very much put the team on his back for stretches of that, like early go with them. That makes sense. Like he actually had the workload. It's kind of like how Crosby and Malkin hardly ever get consideration for the heart and stuff like that because, Oh, look at the team. Crosby barely, barely gets a sniff at the Selkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crosby will never end up on uh, NHL cover either, which is wild to think about. Fucking crazy, dude. I just, I, I don't understand. Like, either he refused or that is just some of the worst marketing the league has ever partaken in, but whatever. But uh, I could see both, to be honest. Like, you know. <laughs> let's just, like, speculate, though. What would be fun? If you had to pick a landing spot for Marc Andre Fleury, like where would you put him if he got traded? Oh God! Like there's some good answers. While you think I'll, on that, I'll, everyone, I'll reminder: it. this free agency hazy IPA from Loose Line. It's like I'm drinking uh, no pulp orange juice. It is just so fucking good. Um. 
that sounds like you had an answer, huh? If this wasn't um, a Minnesota Wild related podcast, I'd probably say like Colorado. Yeah. Colorado is an easy one. So we can go Never. now that now that now that they're back to like winning games again and like definitely going to make the playoffs, Edmonton Oilers. But that would also be like quite the risk. Quite the risk. You better hope that it works. See, I think the one that everyone's going to Yeah. I think the one that everyone's going to be on top of is Toronto. Well, I can't fucking even. That would be how does Andre rather getting the second all-time wins record affect the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's it's a good point. It's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. No one else has ever thought about anything like that for sure. Um, God, God, it makes me sick to even think about. I fucking hate that team. Great to see them blow a 2-0 lead in Edmonton last night. Always a big fan of that. Um, and again, the fucking um, Oilers are kicking again. They are terrifyingly good again. Um and shout out fucking um, Evander Kane's ex-wife for getting <laughs> removed by security in Detroit. Well, and dude, Evander Kane just being a donkey too. Like he's he's already bitching about playing time. Like supposedly he went in and like flat out called out the coach and said, we, we need to talk. Amazing. Takes him out into the hallway. And all of a sudden you find out, oh, Evander just basically reamed him and said, he's the only one that fights for this team. He needs more ice time. He's one of the best players, whatever. And like Knobloch basically was like, okay, so are we good now? Like, can we go back and play? Like, you, this up. means nothing to me. This means nothing. This doesn't dude, affect me whatsoever. Dude, supposedly, I don't know. I, so I hear, I don't know if this is true, but apparently there was a ref listening to all this happen in the hallway because it was like right by the ref's office. He got a penalty one minute in, which I think was a valid penalty, but the ref literally goes over to him. He's like, don't disrespect your coach like that ever again. You piece of shit. Like something like that. It's just like, God damn. I love that, it. That's the hot yes. mic we need. That's the hot mic we need. Oh, he'd God be damn. worshiped. Like everyone hates Tim Peel. That, that ref would be worshiped. Yeah. It, oh uh, man. If, if only Tim Peel got caught in a hot, a hot mic doing that instead of the other horse shit, um, they would have put him in the hall of fame the next day. Probably next God, day. Came uh, such a fucking loser. Um, <laughs> pull this up here. God, that guy sucks. You dude. know a guy's a loser when like most hockey fans, doesn't matter what your fan base is, are obsessed with his wife because of how much she hates him and how much she goes after him. When she made a donation to the Ryan Hartman fund, oh my god, people lost their minds. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Big fan of that. Oh, Big fan of that. I can't believe the fucking security room. That is so funny that she was. <laughs> from the game that is just unbelievable anyways we gotta move on I can't yeah make, make the rounds real quick we got a lot of people tuning in integrity welcome back buddy mike owen sup jason bryant also sup um gun toting granny who is just a consistent hitter here love to have you back um think that's it for people saying hi but we got a lot of other comments and questions and i've fallen behind on uh real quick though on that z before we get into the prospects really like we joked but what are the wild like is this a team that has a realistic chance to like find that last wild card spot 
is it a team that if things go back to being bad, like can they even sniff the a top five draft pick because of how bad some other teams are? Like where where do you see the more likely path? Bottoming out or making the wild card? Oh, I, I mean, I think unfortunately the most realistic scenario is fighting to make a playoff spot and just missing. And That's then ending up happen. ending up in the same a very familiar, very comfortable spot for all of us, you know. Like we're like, yeah, I've I've seen this movie before. Um, very familiar. There's my seat right there. Yeah, no, I've been here. Um, because I mean I'm trying to pull it up now. What's the fucking what is the wild card situation at this point? Let's see. Yeah, they're eight points out right now with a game in hand on Nashville. Two teams in front of them played one fewer game. They're three and four points back from there. I mean, the one thing is they they have had not a great schedule, and it seems like, in theory, guys are getting healthy again. Like, I'm still not a believer in the Nashville Predators. I'm not. I think, no. like, there's a little bit there. They're probably, like, in somewhat of a similar position, to be honest with you. Like, I think they're yeah. they're a little bit similar. Um, I would, would you agree I'm at the point now where I have no idea what Seattle is. I can't. I, could not I, I don't either. They are the most confusing one to me. But to me, I think I look at it and it's Nashville, Arizona, and Seattle are like the three that are most likely to be jousting for that last spot. Yeah. I think oh, everything yeah. else in the West is set. The top seven are locked in. Order will change. But that last spot, those are the three teams. And the Wild got to basically count on all three of them going through a rough stretch otherwise there's really not a chance to get in yeah and again like and that's why i just just like mapping out the so right now by the way edmonton has the same so they're the first wild card spot they've played uh they have the same number of points as nashville with four fewer games so i mean that they're they're it like that is done like they're going to secure that spot uh probably to they're only actually one point back from LA, which is crazy to me. Um, LA took a bit of slumping a bit, dude. Did you hear? Yo, they only they only won in their last ten. Did you hear about Sean Dersey? No. He apparently went on some podcast and it started as like a joke about like, oh yeah, do you give the forwards crap or whatever? And it turns out that like he flat out after several rebuttals of them being like, wait, is this still the bit or is this real? He's like, no. We actually go out and do like, a, I don't know if it's monthly or what it was, but like, we'll just call it a monthly defense and goaltender dinner and literally just shit on how bad our forwards are. <laughs> and it just feels like such a weird thing to say. Why would you share that? <laughs> now, God, he's going to get traded to Ottawa now and they're going to, there's going to oh, be he's another gonna get Uber video. So hard. Unbelievable. I, um, I don't know. I, I just funny. can't imagine doing that. It's pretty, uh, interesting it's a bold move it's a bold move and I, I only um, heard the clip on the jeff merrick show so like i don't know if there was further context after but they literally were like he's like oh yeah we go out and do this dinner and we just carve the forwards and he's like wait like is this still the bit that we were talking about it's like oh well, no like we actually do this like what no that's what we do this is it yeah that's real it's normal right um, it's a normal thing um uh, here's an interesting one we got to throw up from sean cosgrove that makes a ton of sense actually if Fleury is going to retire this year, he might go to New Jersey or something, which I think New Jersey makes a ton of sense, just being that literally their biggest problem is goaltending. Um, if he still wants to play somewhere after this year, I imagine he chills here for the rest of the season, makes a decision from there. Seems reasonable, but New Jersey could actually be really fun. Yeah, that could be a 
I, I look at that scenario too. I mean, New Jersey's kind of fucked. Um, just looking at their like place in the standings. Um, the thing with that one, I think stepping back from like the fun hockey side of it is that I can't imagine he'd want to go back out east again. Um, especially right in the middle of the year. He like he was pretty vocal about how like that sucked initially. Like he did not like moving like in the middle of the season. Obviously, it was nice for him, I'm sure, to get out of that fucking cesspool um in Chicago that year and the following years. Um, but again, I think he's been pretty vocal about like, no, I am just looking to stay in one place at this point. So it will be interesting just to see if he is interested in chasing another playoff push, anything like that. Or if he's just like, I've literally won everything I can win. I'm good here, but he is just like a competitive fucking bastard. So you never know. Um, so that, but in terms of like the fun hockey side, yeah, that is fun. Um, so I like that. I like that one. Um, Tom? But yeah, I, again, I'm just looking at the standings in the West and like it is primed for this fucking like push to make the fucking last wild card spot and either somehow get it done and then get your fucking ass whooped in the first Came in, yeah. <laughs> Slaughtered. You, you know who it would end up being, right? Is it Vancouver? Or no, Winnipeg. No, it would have to be Winnipeg. Like that's the only way it makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, Dallas would kind of work too. Oh God, 2018 part two. Jesus Christ. Um, that yeah, not be... great. Oh yeah. Uh, what chaos pod is that? The one that uh, Blackburn does? Yeah, it's a fun. Yeah, one. that's that's the one that Jersey was on. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> that makes uh, fuck. That makes a little bit more sense, but still, like they like. I'm telling you, I don't have the exact words, but when I listened to it, they rebuttaled like twice of them. They're like. We can't tell if you're serious or not. He's like, oh no, I'm dead serious. Like, what? Yeah. Fuck okay. <laughs> cool. That's all right. Um, oh man. But uh, I don't know. A- anything else you want to touch on from the uh, NHL lens before we do a thorough prospect rundown? Last thing. Nice to have Jonas Brody back in the lineup. So nice. Solid. So nice to have him back in the lineup. Not, not great for the cap, but otherwise great. Who fucking cares? Don't worry about it because. <laughs> Because Flurry is going to make that donation. There's Pat McAfee's going to make that donation. Just a little bit of cap relief. Thank you, Pat McAfee. Shout out, Pat McAfee. Well, and if he um, waits to make that donation until like the day before the trade deadline, doesn't that like equate out to being like probably one and a half mil that they'd actually yeah, accumulate? Yeah, there you go. Prorate it, you know? Prorate it. Half power. Pie. What is- God, what a fucking stupid system the NHL has. God damn it. We're- it it's God, not I, I love that. You discourage fans from paying attention to it because they can't even fucking understand it. Well, you know, if you want to go the the CBA, it is public. You can go download the fucking 185 page document if you'd like. I did that one time and didn't. I made it through like a page. I was like, this is insane. I mean, your internet would only download like five pages of that. It was in my last place, so it was pretty good (laughs) there. So flush with internet. Got it. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, we could probably wrap that there. But the one thing that you put on our uh, uh, what's it called? Oh yeah, we should probably talk on that, huh? Wild fans are saved. Ah, not saved, fixed. (laughs) Yeah, no, nothing can save them. No, no one wants to save Bali. They'd rather take it out back, old Yeller. But 
I think uh, the the premise that it would be on Amazon Prime rather than having to use that godforsaken Bally Sports app, fans, for the first time in a long time, are freaking out in a positive way. I yeah, it, you gotta love it for them. It's you. This this is how we heal a nation. You know, like it, it was. You know, it's just good to see people coming together and rejoicing over something in the Minnesota wild fucking social media world. Um, so they're coming in, and I mean, like, well, anything is going to be better than the prior, um, or well, I guess mm -hmm. the current. But when is that actually happening? Like, how long do we have to put up with the Bali? See, that's the real thing. I don't know firm timelines. Like, I read the article, and there weren't any real dates mentioned. It just said that uh, Amazon is taking, like, a minority stake in Diamond Sports and completely taking over Bally Sports and will have everything on Amazon Prime, but I don't know when. And I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm excited, just like everyone else. I'll believe it when it actually happens and works because I don't know. We've seen this movie too many times. It's not going to work. Right. All right, Bezos, it's time. Bezer, Bezy. Uh, that's a tough hey, one of fucking hey, dumb down. Bezes. <laughs> Bezies. <laughs> God, that is fucking brutal. Um, all right. Well, that'll be good for everybody uh, involved. Holy fuck. I didn't know Edmonton's 10 0 and 0 in their last 10. That's good. Uh, good for I them. I think they got 11 straight. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. And there's like a franchise record, which is insane to me. After the start. Saw, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, Crazy anyways. what happens when you're healthy. Weird. Hmm. Can't relate. Not sure what cannot, that's like. Couldn't cannot even you. remotely relate. <laughs> well played, Mike Owen. Laser, blazer, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, all right. This is supposed to be, in theory, 33 minutes later, um, a prospect mm. show. So we're gonna jump right into the prospect roundup. That sound good? That sounds beautiful. And everyone who has tuned into this show since day one knows we start in the CHL and the OHL. And Wait, this CHL year and the OHL both yeah, CHL. So then we go to the CHL and you start in the CHL with the OHL. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, both. Nice. And as we tend to, we start with Mr. Hunter hate of the Saginaw spirit. Before we dive into the specific this past week and how he's done those performances, um mentioned it at the start here Saginaw Spirit they are hosting the Mem Cup this year um and as every host team tends to do absolutely loaded the fuck up at the OHL deadline um shipped out about 74 picks approximately which means like they've got potent like future players who are like nine years old right now they're just throwing them out we don't need those guys those guys can't help us now is is there um, a cutoff by the way like can they trade as far in the advance as they want or is there a cutoff i would love to know how they define futures you know i, what I, I mean? gotta know because like can you imagine like imagine being the pick that got traded before you were even born like oh my rights got <laughs> sent over to london and uh yeah i didn't even exist yet so that's kind of cool i hadn't even i hadn't even picked hockey yet i had not even you know didn't know 
Didn't know I was going to be here. That's, that's uh, great. Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> pleasure to be here. Um, but, I mean, they seriously loaded up. So the big, the big headliner was bringing in Owen Beck, Montreal Canadiens prospect. He's been phenomenal since he stepped into the OHL a couple seasons ago. He's probably one of, maybe not steal, but considering where he ended up being drafted by Montreal, I would consider it like teetering on the edge of steel, but he has been phenomenal in the OHL. His three games with Saginaw so far, um, let me pull it up again here. Uh, he's caught three goals, six assists, and nine points. I think he's been first star of the game all three games. Um, and they also bring in uh, Jordan Donovan, Senators prospect. Uh, I think they moved out eight picks to bring him in. Um, by the way, the Owen Beck trade is it's God, it's hard to fucking read. Um, let me try this again. It, <laughs> oh, there's too many, there's too many picks to figure out to fucking read it. Um, couple firsts, couple seconds, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. <laughs> We're just like, it's fucking, un- oh. how do they have that many? Hang on, from, from from whoever Z, how wild would this be? I want a kid to be oh, traded, and one of the picks is his future child. Would be nuts. <laughs> I'm all for that. That's that's part of the condition. Of Can you imagine? Trade. So like like so Savoy just got traded, and one of the picks included is somehow his unborn son. It's that a conditional is- third round pick. If you have a kid who ends up playing in the OHL, um, he becomes. A first round pick in that play. That yes. off. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible stuff. But anyways, um <laughs> like I said, they brought in why wouldn't you like trade for the rights to all Kachuk offspring at this point? Yeah, I mean yeah, one of them, maybe like, two, will end up in jail, probably. If, if you're good chance. if you're Leopold, do you go to Garen and say I know that you're not going to live long enough to reap the benefits, but I need you to trade Kaprizov for all future Kachuks. Period. We have rights Listen, to all of them. <laughs> we need we need to acquire futures of the futures. Okay, every future considerations their futures. That's that's what we're going to invest in. We're investing in the youth here, um, and that's how we heal the nation. Um, Imagine if like. Big Walt went to like a sperm bank or something. They could sell that shit for like Hughes, Mr. Hughes. Hughes too, but I think what do you mean? Chuck, I think it's different because it's generations. Yeah, that's true. You well, Hughes, you you but his mother was um, he wasn't uh good oh, Chuck. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Um but either way, yes. Right, moving on. The answer is yes. <laughs> moving on. Getting back into this before everyone just tunes <laughs> out, which is I mean, I get it. You know, if you want to do that, uh, like I said, Owen Beck in Jordan Donovan in the big one that I, the, one of my favorite fucking prospects, Anaheim Ducks defenseman, Rodwin Dionizio. He is just another, another just absolute human highlight reel. Like he plays. And again, the fact that he's playing on the same team as a kid like Zane Parekh, like they could both score 30 goals a year on the blue line if they wanted to. Like they're that electric. So um they bring in a former captain of theirs, Josh Bloom. Um, plus you already have the core there of Michael Misa, top 2025 
Um, like I already mentioned, Zane Perak, Joey Willis, who was drafted this past year, a real good fucking player. That kid is an absolute sniper. Mangione and Ethan Hay. So they've already got the solid core. But again, they bring in like literally the best additions they possibly could have. Um, so not surprising considering they're the team hosting the Mem Cup. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of like just the overall chemistry just like gels because every single one of those guys wants the puck. The thing with Owen Beck is he just loves to dish. So there you go. Um, but Hunter hate back to him. Cause that's what this is about. Uh, two games only played Friday, Saturday um, six, one loss at London, one assist didn't have a minus. So he had his guy uh, six, 12, the face off dot London right now is kicking the ever living dog shit out of everybody. Um, they absolutely obliterated Saginaw 6-1 on Friday. Then they made their way over to um, Owen Sound on Sunday and won 10-0. <laughs> so they're just like on an absolute heater. Um, sure. But hey, no minuses for Hunter Hate, so he had his guy. Um, but on Saturday, 5-2 win against Guelph. One goal, three shots on net. Um, he's now for sure like playing wing at this point, especially with the addition of Owen Beck. So um, I would expect his goal total to probably start hiking up even more so than it already was. Um, but again, he just looked like he is such just like a fun player to watch. Like every time he touches the puck, he's creating chances or now at this point with the additions they bring in, he is finding himself in grade a scoring positions so like he's hanging out in like ovi's office right at the fucking circular that's how he scored on saturday an absolute missile on the power play um i think i mentioned this the last few times we talked about him i would just like to see a little bit more consistency um and less i think there are just so many games now where he's been a little bit too passive like kind of waiting for the play to come to him like when he's on when he's at his best he has the puck he's dictating play he's one creating like passing lanes scoring lanes for himself and his teammates so um again that's why it's gonna be even more interesting just to see how the whole team really does gel with these additions um but i think was the first game Owen Beck was there for. I think he may have been on his wing too, but he does play a lot with Michael Misa, who it's which is so fun to watch. So um I think Sag well obviously Saginaw is now for sure just a team to watch for just like the fun factor. Um but I'm very curious just to see how the lines end up shaking out because they've been experimenting too. So he's played with a bunch of different line mates uh the last few games since the deadline. So um but overall didn't like dominate, but he looked fine. Um, and obviously two points in two games is good. So that brings him up to uh, 39 OHL games a season, 18 goals, 30 assists, 48 points. Pretty good. Um, dash one, oh, a lot Lord, of his damage yeah. does come on the power play, um, which you could say that about a whole lot of the Saginaw spirit anyways. So that's not crazy. Um, sure. 20, 20 penalty minutes. What a goon. Um, put up 119 shots on net. Um, that's the other thing too. When he's at his best, he is feeling it and he is just rifling the puck and he does have a phenomenal shot. He can shoot off both feet. He's got a good one timer. Um, like that he can shoot in motion too. So sometimes he's coming off the rush, which he's very good in transition and off the rush. He'll do one of those. No look fake pass shot bar, Mexico, keep it change. Um, but I will definitely be having my eye on Saginaw. <clears throat> the next uh over the next week or so just to kind of watch how this team gels now with all these additions fair now i gotta pause real quick this is the only interruption i think for uh the prospect roundup but you talked about ov's office i posted on x 
recently about this, but when Crosby uh, passed yet another poor soul with uh, more points, he's probably going to end up pretty close to top five. How insane is it? Like, what would you have said five years ago if I told you that in the year of our Lord and Savior, 2024, Sidney Crosby would be pacing for 50 goals and Ovechkin would be pacing under 20? What on earth? It's even crazier, though, because Washington started surging, too, when they started playing really well, and he still was not scoring goals. It's like... Oh, fuck. Like, at some point, we knew there would be a fall-off. I'm not saying this is the start of, like, the official fall-off. But we quite literally have never seen this since he stepped into the league. Like, literally entered the league, scored 50 fucking goals, and just kept doing that. Like, his lowest was, like, what, 32? (laughs) Which is just, like, a joke. Uh, But it's just crazy to see, like, even now that they've, like, rebounded from the most horrific start they could have possibly imagined. They are still a brutal watch, by the way. I fucking hate watching the Washington Capitals. I can't do it. It's they are brutal. Best. It's not the best. I don't enjoy it. It's not a good time. But he's still not, like, ripping it up and, like, scoring two, three goals a game. Like, we've seen, like, in years past, either a slow start or just, like, bunches of games where he doesn't look the same and it doesn't look as dangerous. But at no point has he, like, just caught fire this year. So it's weird. So it's crazy. I mean, do you, um, do you know what the solution is? And granted, it probably couldn't happen because I'm correct, right? You can't like actually send money in transactions anymore, like the good old days. Like there's no workaround for that. Because the only way that it would even be considered is if there were cash considerations because of all the money that he's going to make the Capitals. But Capitals fans will freak out. The answer is trading to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. Not only is it a great story, but like you think there's anyone better than oh wait Crosby or Malkin take your pick to play on a line with him and just fucking feed him to hit that record it's good for the game if the Capitals care at all about the great game of hockey they will do this but they would also be morons to do it because they're going to make so much money on people buying tickets just to watch him chase the record so I get it they would have to move the franchise at that point they would be an absolute revolt and they would have to move they would have to yeah no they would fold um God, I do enjoy the old clips of like Malkin and Ovechkin just going at it. It just the best like one, the best one, each other on the ice. Where, where, oh, it was probably my favorite clip for a good like two years was Ovi getting pissed off and coming down and trying to run Malkin behind the net, and mm-hmm. Ovi just fucking eats it. Like Malkin just stands him up, he t- like reverse tabletops and goes under him and just right into the boards. Ah. So great. I fucking I fucking love Malkin. I've said this so many Malkin times. Malkin is a fucking man. There are maybe there's definitely less than 10 players in this generation of hockey, like since we've started watching, that when on and at their prime, there's fewer than 10 players I would take if I needed one player in the playoffs than Evgeny Malkin. That some of his runs, especially in the playoffs, cup, dude. yeah. Holy, he is an absolute. He's one of the greatest hockey players of all time. I, he, he is, he is, but he. It, it's really interesting because like, Penguins are spoiled. I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I'm not going to pretend. But Crosby is the Gretzky mold, and Malkin is absolutely the Lemieux mold. Not just in size mm. and stature, but like he is literally the one man wrecking crew. 
Him and Lemieux yeah. are the ones that are literally, give me the puck, let me just fucking go. That's it. Whereas and as Sean Cosgrove said, not even a top 100 player according to fuck. Oh, God. I oh, I'll bring that up all the time. He's Mr. 101. And I, I think I said this when uh, the new list came out of the current top 100, you know, not the original list where it's like best 100 of all time, which he got snubbed by so many fucking players. But then there's the new one this year, best current 100. There's no way that there are 100 players out there you would pick over Malkin. But no. if they made a list of top 100 snubs, for awards, mm. he would not make the top 100. No, because he's he from that one too. <laughs> I didn't think I just. <laughs> that's unreal. Um, it's um, just that. Moving on. Shout out though, uh, Loose Line, second beer. Definitely not as much my style, but I do like it for what it is. West Coast IPA, which Isha would do bad things if he had this beer. Similar to oh, what happens yeah. during the entire World Junior Tournament, basically. Um, but we have Snowdrift, another uh, very clean and beautiful can for Z. That is nice. That's West Coast stuff. IPA, a little bit uh, lower in the ABV, a little bit more of a, a clear vibe. But again, I generally am not a big West Coast IPA fan. This one I would absolutely drink again, but no way in hell I'm picking it over the free agency. That one was a banger. Loved it. Love so that. big fan of that. Just 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 go to Loose Line Brewing. They've got all of the diversity from beer. It's great. There you go. Plymouth. Hit it. All right, moving on. Who do we got next? We've gotten through one Normally, prospect. Go. Well, we can speed through this one. Next one, Servak Petrovsky, who we will be skipping over. He has been scratched the last few games, not Ooh. for performance related anything. He got sick. Um I thought you were gonna say yeah, like he, oh, yeah, drugs. Yeah, they cut yeah. I'm not even going to. Okay, I almost went down a bad path there. Uh, I think he played like one, maybe two games after the World Junior, and he had like two assists. I, I think it was I think it was just one, but he did. I think he was like second star of the game that game, two assists. But he did get sick recently, so they've been resting him. Thank God he wasn't playing against uh, London on Sunday because, again, they got the ever-living dog shit kicked out of them by London, and I mean, it was incredible. Like, I, I don't think they touched the puck. Um, so there you go. He wasn't a dash anything, so he had his guy once again. Um, so we can just move on from him. He's got 29 games. Stat line's real nice. 10 goals, 20 assists, 30 points. Dash four, 105 shots on net. Only eight pims, so we need him to wrap those up, dude. Um, just not going to cut it here for grit first. So moving on. Um, Rasmus. Kumpelainen, one of my favorite players to watch just because he might be at any given time, I've said this before, the most skilled player on the ice, and you cannot take the puck from him despite the fact that his legs basically don't move. He does not move at a quick pace, but you absolutely cannot take the puck from him despite his slow speed. He is one of the best transition forwards in the entire CHL. Like his transition data is legitimately comical. Like he's in like the 98th percentile just in terms of successful carries and like transition play. Um, uh, on a scale of uh, John Merrill to Yarmer Yager, how difficult is it to get the puck from Rasmus Kupalainen? Yeah, I, I'd probably lean uh, towards the Yager part, you know, because Merrill is just like, <laughs> do you want it? That's, Here that's you go. Scale. That's my one to 10. <laughs> Yeah, that's a crazy thing. There's an absolute fucking black hole in between those two. Like, John Merrill's just like, here, do you 
what do you think about would you i'll share the puck if you want i don't even like this thing i don't want it at all by the way you take it and i'm just gonna i'll just trip you off after i'm just gonna go i'm gonna make my way over to the box um but Rasmus Kumpa line and he pick, he's picking up right where he left off before the world juniors three games this week um let's see there they went three and oh um he had three points which just maintains his perfect stat line 30 games 15 goals 15 assists for 30 points plus three 87 shots on net that doesn't look right though i think he had 87 shots on net the fucking like chl scoring like their website's is insane they also when you look at like their stat lines they'll give you how many face-offs they've won but not total attempt like doesn't give yeah, you they, the percentage out of eight or out of 20 <laughs> it drives me insane so when i actually sit down and put they my dots like good. google it's i have to like go and do it it drives me insane i wasn't going to do that today but um nice they played on sunday they had an eight two shit kicking of kingston I think there were close to 230 penalty minutes. Every time, if I looked away for two seconds, there was another scrum and another fight going on. I think there was like seven fights. Like every stoppage, there was a massive scrum. Um, he didn't find himself in too many of those. He was too busy absolutely dishing despite that. In an E2 win, still only had one assist. And he was dash one, did not have his guy. Um <laughs> but like it wasn't even like a fucking hockey game like they scored three goals in the first like six or seven minutes and from there it was just a complete mutant fest but um again in terms of just like raw production and how he looks with the puck on his stick um we talked about it during the world juniors really picked it up as the tournament went on obviously scored in their last two games after being held off the score sheet and eventually relegated as like the 13th forward for finland um it was good to see him eventually get back on the score sheet there that's, and again he's why they just, didn't medal yeah, there you go. And he carried that momentum right back into the OHL. Again, I like every time we talk about him, I he is a fascinating player. Like it's interesting though, like not I know that you watched him and knew who he was, but he never came up once last season in the pre-draft prep. And then when they took him, you're like, huh. I actually kind of like this. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> but again, it's so just far, like I love it. <laughs> He's an enigma. He's just, he's huge. He is not quick, but again, in transition, he has a near 100% like completion rate, like success rate in terms of just like carrying the puck through the neutral zone into the offensive zone, like establishing possession, creating scoring chances. Like you can't get the puck off of him. So it doesn't even matter when like he's not moving very quickly. And like the thing with him too is like if you have a, like an extended offensive zone possession, he is like a god because you just he will keep it. You can fucking have like a four man change as he is just shielding every skater. A straight up Yager puck protect. I love it. It's incredible. So like he's just so fun to watch. Um, and my god, he is unbelievably skilled. But um, I would still like to see a little bit more production again. I think he at times looks to facilitate a little bit too much. And then in terms of just like shooting, he relies on this really weird, like even on like the power play, he'll pick the puck up along the half wall, skating towards his own net, turn around the blue line and like a hopeful shot on net. So like he relies on that a little bit too often. And like he did that a whole lot playing junior in Finland. So like he definitely got like 
docked points in terms of just like his draft stock, just because like the hockey IQ, they weren't really sure if it was there or not. Um, but like you look at a player like him, how good he is, despite like the lack of foot speed. Um, he's phenomenal two way. Like he defends very well. He is responsible. He does have like insane skill and just the size and willingness to use the size and knowing how to use it. Um, he's just like all the tools in the world. So I think, again, I've said this before, like, I think he's going to be a very good NHL player because he is so coachable. Um, and I think there's, a, there's a whole lot that you can hone in on just in terms of like the tools that he has. So very fun player to watch. We'll see what happens. They didn't make too many additions at the deadline. They're kind of like right in the weird, they'll like be a playoff team. See what happens there pretty much. Um, but they've got some players there that are fun to watch too. So, um, like Beckett Seneke, one of the kids for 2024, he's going to go probably high second round, maybe sneak into the first. He's a big player, tons of tools, mean as shit scores at a high rate. So he's going to be a player that a lot of teams have their eyes on. So, um, we'll see as the, uh, the year goes on. I would just like to see the production and decision-making kind of, um, take a step, but, um, yeah, decent week. I mean, you can't complain. Three games this week, three points, three and oh, move on. Um, there you go. That does it for the OHL. We're going to make our way to the inferior WHL. Yeah, inferior. Yeah, the inferior. Vastly yeah. inferior. And we will start with Riley Height. Um, Not inferior. On a slump, he's in a slump right now. Two games, only had one assist. Oh, I mean, so you know, the downfall starts here. You know, there's only we train him now, can't be much better. Yeah, trade him now. Um, for a we get McBain um, back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but let me just pull this up again right here. I before I even dive into like the performances, he played two games this week again, one assist in those games. There was an actually article today on EP Ringside for anyone that, um, may be a subscriber there phenomenal if you're in the prospect talk they're just a very good subscription obviously um they they put up let's see who was it? oh yeah victor nuno who is his expertise is futures for fantasy hockey which is a whole other realm of prospect analysis that i can't even begin to like try to get that figured out like that is just dedication. I mean, that is unbelievable. Um, but the headline was pro, uh, "Prospect Perspective." Jesus, come on, man, help us out. How oh, Riley? That's got to be the second name now. Prospect Perspective. Just yeah. to you say it every week. It's done. Good. That's Locked in. I'm Continue now that's, with Prospect Perspective. That's mine now. Thank you. Um, but Prospect Perspective: How Riley Height continues to produce without much fanfare. Speak for your fucking self. All right, like holy fuck. Um, not me, not every single person who follows uh, uh, Hockey Canada. Canada. Yeah, again, they probably could have used a guy like Riley Height at that fucking tournament, but you know, what do we know? Nah, what do um, we know? but let's see, they played Kelowna this weekend. Um, wasn't his best couple of performances, not worried, obviously. Uh, four shots on net in their first game, five two win. Um, wasn't great. The face off dot game two, they lose three two in a shootout, puts up an assist, went 14 for 24th a dot. So, 40 games this year, 22 goals, 50 assists, 72 points, plus 17. 
26 penalty minutes, 122 shots on net. So he's third in WHL scoring in terms of points. He's also third in assists. Uh, Zach Funk, his teammate, first in goals. All they do is score. Like the fact that they scored seven goals in two games, it's like, oh, oh, are they okay? <laughs> All they do is produce. But um, God, that team is so fun. Like they have so many guys in their like their entire top six it's just six absolute offensive weapons so just an absolute nightmare for teams um trying to like just keep the puck out of the net but again he is unbelievably smart like any time that they have the puck he is either creating for everyone else creating passing lanes creating shooting lanes um or he himself is finding quiet areas of the ice and he's like every scoring chance he gets it's like it's gonna it's gonna end up in the net just where he finds himself um on the ice like he is unbelievable and i still cannot believe that he ended up being drafted where he was drafted like we've said it before if you just switched literally switched the minnesota wilds picked the first two rounds it would have made more sense probably um dude people have gotten big mad at me too like uh, people have been pitching like, oh, man, if the, the Wild had only taken Gabe Perot. And I just always reply like, yeah, like Riley Height makes me not care as much. And everyone's like, yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like they could have had both. I'm like, right. But that's not my stance. My stance is it makes me care less. Not that, oh, I like this move because they took height. <laughs> like I just don't care because we got a first round talent. So whatever you swing and yeah. miss sometimes. And guess what? Charlie Stramble might not be a miss. Like he's looked yeah. a lot better in the past month or two. And yeah, it, is it tough seeing the numbers that Gabe Perot is putting up and seeing what he did at world junior, whatever. Sure. But there's still a lot of runway and development for these guys. And let's be real. There was a level to which this was a, uh, an organizational need to have something down the middle, which Gabe Perot is not. Right. And I mean, everyone's least favorite thing to hear after a draft is like, yeah, is the upside between Perot and Stramel. And we'll we'll get to Stramel, hopefully, um, you know, within, you know, before next week, we'll get to him. Um, But, you know, do they have the same ceiling? No, uh, not remotely close. But you want to talk about floor like to me, Stramel is a no doubt NHL center at some point how high is the floor i don't know i struggle to see like a top six center but you know he has in the past shown that upside too he is like incredibly skilled he's a very it's i feel like i say this every time too like it's hard to like he's very smart it's like well at times he's not because he will like murder somebody on the ice on purpose um right in front of the ref too but in terms of just like again another thing creating lanes like generally with the puck making fright decisions where he finds himself on the ice most often like he is a very intelligent hockey player it's just that sometimes he is a very short wick and he will decide to just bury people um but the floors are not comparable either so again we'll get to we'll get to him eventually here but um no, totally and, and like yeah. you said his, i don't know his, his last week mm. um but last couple things on riley height my favorite way or like the most accurate way to describe it is like the, the class, just a triple threat. Like he's going to be at you somehow because he is like by far his best asset. And it reflects in his like stat line is his passing. Like the 
smallest passing lane, he is going to find you tape tape like doesn't need to look um but like the shot's also a weapon obviously but like i think i think it was actually maybe even the same guy the the funniest or not funniest but like one of the more apt comparisons like hey like his not ceiling not floor but like a decently accurate prediction if he does it like completely hit but doesn't completely miss he's like an angry nick schmaltz which is like the funniest way that i saw someone put it i was like that's actually really fucking funny um but but uh there we go just pull this up again what how do you land on that like I- i'm not saying it's wrong it's just like how do you even get there <laughs> well again so like you look at it i think it, oh yeah it was this guy uh, the the whole thing with this headline is like continues to produce without much fanfare. Like Nick Schmaltz, like literally entered the league immediately, scored twenty goals in Chicago, and just like kept producing. And no, I was like, oh, he's a yeah, pretty, pretty good, decent player there. Um, so I guess that's where you land on it. But he does have a whole lot more bite. Like he can get, like he is not afraid of getting into those fucking absolute muck fests in front of the net he also is a phenomenal four checker more often than not he's going to go and he's going to win the puck he's going to create possession create scoring chances from there um so realistically all this kid does is just produce offense and scoring chances so sky's the limit with this kid i i am quite confident he will end up whether it's center or wing he's going to be a top six scoring forward in the league with two-way capability so another great and pick handicap it like what odds would you give at each position are we talking uh, 10? Yeah. Are we talking 60-40? I'd say 70-30. He kind of strikes me more in the NHL as a wing. Um especially just like how when you look at the prospect pool right now, like what's going to be in more like that profile of center or that profile wing, I think they're probably leaning towards wing for him. Um just because like again, the scoring capability is insane. Um, but like, again, like you look at the, the prospect pool too, is they have so many of these guys like, Hey, they could be either or, um, they're at a boy Cosgrove 50, 50, either he will, or he won't. It's a good point. Can't argue with that logic Cosgrove. Um, it is 50, 50. And actually Cole, thanks for the shout out on the hats. Even though Z doesn't have one, uh, get your waggle everybody. Big release. that just happened on Wednesday incredible drop oh look at that double hat holy shit weirdly heavy double bag in it but uh, get your waggle promo code sp10 for 10 percent off they had some bangers this week they never have any bad releases but this is one of my favorite ones they've done so get over there fast my favorite quarter zip that they've ever done the lone wolf it's like an arctic camo that's got wolves hidden in it they just made it into a hoodie. So uh, everyone run. Don't walk. I hope that it sells out before I have a chance to buy it because my wife will look at me cross-eyed if I get a second version of that style. So locked in looks. Yeah, that was a good one too, Mateo. In. So there we go. Wrapping that one up. Riley Height again. Third in points, third in assists. He's having yet another phenomenal year on pace to produce even more points than he did last year um so it's a good sign so last play of chl last play of whl caleb parker moose jaw also made a big move of the deadline bringing in matthew zavoy uh buffalo sabers prospect he has like i think two or three points in each one of his first few games with moose jaw um that trade was two firsts one second one third one fourth 
<laughs> one sixth and an eighth. So decent little haul there. And he is lighting it up. I think he was, I think he's played three or four games. He's been first or the game twice. Um, but Caleb Parker's played a real well lately too. Um, only one game this week had an assist plus three um, scored in his one or sorry, assist, not, not goal uh, produced. Um, let's see. Yeah, froze again. There we go. Uh, while you uh, wait for it, dude, how stupid is it that Savoy is yet another among what a litter of prospects the Buffalo Sabres have? Yeah, it's a joke. I, it makes me sad. And um, they're going to get another good pick this year, apparently. Like, why? Why is this happening? They're just, it's just a, uh, a breeding ground for future assets only. Apparently. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. Um, but yeah, one, wait, I, one player I will be fascinated to see this deadline is a kid like Casey Middlestat. Huh? It's about to be RFA, but last year career high in points. I think he's, he's been okay this year. Yeah, he's first or second at points this year too. Um, That's he's on pace to, team, but yes. I mean, last year he put up 60, I think, maybe 50-something points. This year he's on pace to even do better than that. So he's one player. He's he's in, like, the weird – he's in the weird, like, age bracket, too, where, like, if they really want to just invest in, like, their young guys, like their young, young guys. Yeah. Yeah. Might be able to do a pull-up these days. Well, you never know. One and a half. That picture will haunt him forever. But thank God he's now – thank God he's producing. Tell me me there hasn't ever been a better example of fucking – taking a player too early, not in the draft. I mean, pulling him out of college. That kid could have absolutely used one more year of college development, then bring him out. And it just, I don't know. It felt really forced and it didn't work out well for him. Now I'm glad that the like tables are turning a little bit and it seems like he's on the right path, but did one more year with the Gophers would have done him wonders, but it was crazy. Like, cause I remember universally the entire Anyone that knew who he was or like was following like prospects or young players, whatever, were like, "What? Why are you doing this? Why are you sending him to the AHL or NHL right now?" Because like, yeah. I remember he made his like NHL debut. It was like eighteen months ago. He was playing in the Minnesota like, high school state hockey like tournament. It's like, what are you? What are we doing here? Um, but he is, like you said, now he is. He looks time. Worked out for him eventually, obviously. Fortunately, but you, how many guys do you see get like ruined by that forced early development? Right, exactly. Right. And that's how good he is. It didn't uh, clearly didn't completely derail him. So that's good. Um, let me just pull up. All right, so Caleb Parker again, one assist this this week in the one game he played in. He also comes into tonight on a one, two, three, four, five game scoring streak. Um, he's got points in six of his last seven. He's played with Matei Chuck a ton now and talk about a dynamic pair. Like Matei Chuck, Chuck gives you a little bit of everything where Kalen Parker is a phenomenal skater. He could also walk the blue line, but doesn't like need to rely on that when you're playing with a kid like Matei Chuck, but he also defends incredibly well, especially off the rush too. So Moose Jaw, they've been like close to the top of their division. Bringing in a kid like Savoy is obviously going to do wonders for them too. So that's another team to watch as we come closer to the uh, Mem Cup here in the WHL playoffs. But Caleb Parker, he's probably playing 22, 23 minutes a night now. Again, quite often with Patechuk, and they have the puck like pretty much the whole game. Um, but I mean, 
we've talked about like the prospect pool on the back end for a long time. Kalen Parker's a little bit of like gives you a little bit of everything where like the offensive ceilings there, like that's his that's what everyone really like his number one asset is just like the offensive ability, whether it's passing, he's got an absolute cannon of a shot, but he does defend incredibly well. Um, and he just like is another kid in this prospect pool in the back end that is an unbelievably gifted skater. So another kid with a ton of tools um, in terms of like young defenseman, he's got an advanced like defensive skill set. So he's just another fun player to watch. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle just because they, they draft him as an overager. The pool's so deep already. Um, and he puts up decent numbers, but nothing that like is like jumping off the page. So I think he gets lost a little bit, obviously it's just like in the, when people talk about the prospect pool, but very fun player to watch having, thank God again, he got out of Victoria when he did. Um, and he's looked great for Moose Jaw and watching him and Matejchuk play together is an absolute treat. Um, so 38 games this year, four goals, 22 assists for 26 points is a plus three with 22 pims and 57 shots on net. Um, and again, right now, I think he's probably playing the best hockey of his uh, WHL career so far. Um, and that does it for the CHL an hour later. An hour later. All right. Crushing it. Next up, moving on to the NCAA. And we start with Charlie Stramo. We touched on him a little bit earlier. The points aren't there, obviously. Um, and like, I've talked about this too with a couple other, I think with Giraffe, I it was Bront. Bronsag Nigord, I talked about like the worst puck luck I've ever seen a hockey player have. Like Stramble, I think, has hit like seven posts this year, too. Um, and again, the points aren't there, but he has played very well. And obviously, Wisconsin's doing very well. So, like, when you come in as a, ho- a high profile prospect, expected to score, obviously, the first year did not go well. They're a completely different team this year. And he's kind of just had to like change his role um, to be like, ultra defensive oriented center again he defends very well um we're gonna want to see the points take a jump here but like i looked at his underlying numbers for like at 5v5 and i mean when he's on the ice like i think shots are like 85 percent in wisconsin's favor the expected goals are like 70 something percent like generally speaking only good things happen for wisconsin when he is on the ice doesn't change the fact that we really want to see a big time hike in like just production offensively because like it's always great to have a guy like that in the NHL like in your lineup that you can rely on as just a reliable center good on the faceoff thought he's not even really playing that much center now at this point though um it's always good that's like for a playoff team especially like having that reliable forward that you can give like those hard minutes to at the same time there are a ton of those guys in the NHL too, right? So, like, as he progresses here, you're going to want to see a, a big-time jump in the numbers offensively. Hopefully, puck luck will help him out a little bit just because it's been so brutal for him. But he did – it wasn't this past week. I think it was two weekends ago against Notre Dame. He did score the game winner, and it was a phenomenal knee drop one time from the slot. Um, so he does have it in his bat. We just want to see it a little bit more. He's He's got to be fighting some fucking, like, just overall confidence, like, yeah, yeah. Given no. the fact that like freshman year did not go well, gets cut from the World Juniors team. Sophomore year, the team's great. His production hasn't really jumped at all. But again, he's playing well. It's just, but okay. We'll Counter argument. He's currently 19 years old. Coming back for his junior season, Gotta he will be in his 20s for the first time 
under Coach Hastings. Next year is his year. Yeah. Next year is the year that every Wild fan is like, oh, wait, that that's that's the guy we've been ripping on? Yeah. Oh. One, yeah. Hastings like, are it, looking it like, oh. cool, but uh, I'm okay with Charlie Strammel. Yeah, once Hastings like, oh, one year close to that AARP card, buddy. That's that's four minutes a night plus on top of what we got you doing so far. So, you know, um, he's got the like yeah. sharpie written on like beard <laughs> and facial hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so again, like pretty similar spot where we've been with Stramel past two years. Well, eh, more so this year, just because the team's actually fucking really good this year. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I mean. At the end of the day, his best games have come against like some of the best teams in the country, which is always a positive. Like he generally does show up and is at his best and on his best behavior against those, those teams. So you can't give up on a fucking 19 year old kid. We could all shit on the draft pick. There's, I mean, I think universally everyone was like, there are other players that we would have taken higher ceiling guys. But in fairness, um, though, I like, still uh, think everyone else, right. this, this will make them feel better. When you and I went through our final projections, right? Your kind of dry run mock draft before any trades were made for the first round. I think you had Strammel going 29, which mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like that's not a far cry from what was it, 22? Yeah, something like that. Like yeah. that's not crazy. It's not like this is like a second or third round pick that Judd reached for. Like this is still a first round talent. It's easy to look at the shiny toy and Gabe Perot, but again, I don't know, Lloyd. The French are assholes. Like, let's let's stick with our guy. Stick with him. That's right. And again, not to uh, you know, not to bring this up again, but the first ever like time we ever talked about Charlie Stramel, I did say at this time his stock was like ten to fifteen, probably. I was like, I bet you if he's available when the Wild are picking, that's a guy that they will look at heavily. Like, oh, big center. He has decent like offensive projection, but is mean. He is big and he plays center. I bet they would love that. So there you go. I'm not going to toot my own horn again, but you know, someone's got to do it. Um, <laughs> so the next two guys played against each other this past weekend. Jack Peart, Regal Lorenz, St. Cloud versus Denver this weekend. First Ew. game was Regal Lorenz's day. Um, they kicked the shit out of St. Cloud in game one. Uh, Lorenz found himself on the score sheet once again, another shorthanded goal for him. And it was an absolute beauty with someone all over him, backhand, forehand, shelf. Um, Peart was just okay that game. Again, much of the same from him in game one. Game two, technically a tie. St. Cloud wins in the shootout. Peart finally gets back on the score sheet again, gets an assist in that one. Two more blocks. Um, but just to focus on Jack Peart first, just a fucking weird year. I think I heard Russo talking about it. They think they'll probably sign him after this year. I would say that's probably the right move at this point, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, is that just, mostly because it doesn't seem like he's taken another step this year? They need to do something else for his development? Or is it because they're afraid of losing his rights? I mean, I think it's a combination of both, more so the latter probably, just because okay. like at this point too, like St. Cloud is just a very interesting. They've looked order. a lot better since their dog shit start. Like they've come yeah, around. They, that's the start. Was, I think I think they're like thirteen right now, aren't they? Yeah, their, their record. Like, a, for them. Yeah, 
I think they won like seven straight after like that fucking whole. They they were terrible to watch. And here's the thing too, like a kid like Jack Pert with how he plays, if the team is not going, he is going. It's not going to be fun to watch. She's not throwing those like ridiculous hundred foot stretch passes. He's not skating himself out of the zone. Like it's not going to look good because they never had the puck. Um, but I think, again, like I would like to see a massive jump in production because that's taken a big hit this year. Defensively, he's been pretty good. Um, he's not taking those fucking penalties that drove me nuts his freshman year where he's just like tripping anyone that would somehow get by him every fucking time. Um, I think this year he's just been like leaned on way more defensively than anything else. Like he's not necessarily on, you know, getting as much power play time. Like, He's on the penalty kill way more than I've ever seen him before, um, which, again, is not something that we would necessarily, like, say is one of the things that got him drafted in the second round. But, I mean, he still shows those flashes when he does get the puck. Like, in transition, he's one of the better defensemen in this prospect pool and in really, like, in college hockey. um, Like, he does not turn that puck over. Generally speaking, he's going to start that transition every single time. And that's how that's where like a lot of his offensive value comes from. So that hasn't necessarily changed. Um, I think his role has changed a little bit and it doesn't surprise me that, you know, I, again, we'd heard Russo talking about how they're probably planning on signing him after this year. No reason really for him to go back his senior year either. Um, unless they like just miss out on national championship. He really wants to, which I just don't see that in the cards. Uh, so I think overall it probably makes sense for them to uh, not risk losing him um, and getting like a fourth or fifth round pick. Um, yeah. So again, nice to see him get on the score sheet in game two. Um, so one assist in those two games. He did, again, he's like blocking shots like a motherfucker now. Uh, I think he had like four or five blocks. Um, so 20 games this year, two goals, five assists, seven points. Again, want to see a major jump there. Um, it's plus four, 10 penalty minutes and like 30 block shots so far. Um, so just want to see more offensively from him because he does have that in his arsenal. Moving on, on the other side of the ice, Regal Lorenz continues his unbelievably strong bounce back year. Um, so many times last year, he was either getting scratched or like thrown on the fourth line, right or left wing, like getting seven, eight minutes a night. He's now p- firmly on that second line, oftentimes appearing on the first line, first power play unit. And again, they're using him on the penalty kill and he's actually scoring shorthanded goals. Um, and every time we talk about it, we have to mention like just the confidence jump. It's like he's a completely different hockey player this year. A lot of that just comes from being given more opportunities, obviously, but like, even like last year, if he did get penalty or uh, power play time, he was clearly getting it, not looking like he wanted to do anything with the puck. It was just like getting rid of it, throwing it back to the point. Now he's getting it, surveying, looking at what options he has, and he's trying different things that he has in his tool set. So, um, again, it's just so nice to see the jump in production because, like, another prospect that they drafted that people who actually watched the league that he was playing in um ajhl like they all everyone that watched him said like this kid is an absolute force offensively he's big the shot is an absolute weapon he's also capable of making plays 
And generally speaking, when he's engaged and he's on, he can play a decent enough two-way game to get away with, again, putting him on the penalty kill. But, like, the thing that speaks to how different of a hockey player is is just the, the different roles that he's being utilized in. So it's just nice seeing him playing, like, 18 minutes a night, 19 minutes a night, power play, penalty kill, all situations. Um, he could have probably – they played North Dakota two or three weeks ago. Uh, first 10 minutes of the game, I think he hit one post – Fed someone backdoor that they missed, obviously, of course. Um, but he was all over the ice, just creating scoring chances left and right. But and again, another goal this week, uh, Shorty to go along with four shots on net. So he's up to eight goals, eight assists, 16 points, plus 12, 42 shots on net, and eight block shots in 22 games. So just another great, great weekend for Reed Lorenz. Um, love to see it. Not mad about it. Look, he is so good. I fucking love love watching him play. But he's there. They are so good too. Like that is a team. They are a problem. Zeev Bouillon, by the way, comes back from World Juniors immediately lights up the score sheet again. He's totally. fucking unbelievable. But that, that I don't know. Maybe you feel differently, and maybe I'm not plugged in enough, like nationally. But I feel like there's been no love for Denver this year. They've consistently been a top five team, but they've never been looked at as the team. So they've kind of like in a weird way gone under the radar even though they've been fucking sick yeah i think they were number one or two for one weekend i think might have been the bc weekend i can't remember but like they lost one of the games no one said anything about them like it was kind of like a non-event yeah i think a lot of the commentary has just been like yep more the same from denver moving on nothing to see here they're just fucking unbelievable <laughs> but like up and down that lineup like they've got guys on their fourth line that like juniors are scoring 45 goals a season but that's that's why what's his way is coaching the uh the world juniors team like he just gets guys to play how they need to play wherever they are in the lineup and like they all if they have if one guy has an off weekend usually they're responding the next weekend in those games with some kind of like phenomenal game, whether it's like producing or but just like he, every guy fills a role. So Denver is an absolute fucking problem. I'll be very curious to see what their odds are. Um, just given, like you said, that there hasn't been a whole lot of talk other than like, yep, they're still nasty. They're just doing what they always do. Um, I'll be very curious to see what those odds are entering the uh, frozen four. It will be interesting, <clears throat> and who knows? Maybe you'll actually get a flight and come out here for it. Could be. Wild card remains, bitches. Remains to be seen. Yep. Let's see. All right. Minnesota Golden Gophers, Jimmy, Jimmy Clark. Jimmy. Another guy, more of the same, where the stats don't jump off the page, but if you actually just are watching the games, he is pretty much on the ice on any high-pressure moment. Anytime like, they're not playing well, they throw him over the boards, and he's going to make whatever play you need him to make but let's stop though like with out even going into deeper context he has done everything i want to see from him like he's been a very consistent freshman and you add in the fact that he was a last minute call in like oh shit uh logan cooley decided he wanted to wear the kachina and uh we kind of need to fill a spot how do you feel about that and he's come in and he is beyond delivered. He hasn't done anything that jumps off the page, like you said, but it's a guy that keeps on doing what they need. He has played on all four lines. He has given exactly what he needs to. 
He never like stands out as this like glaring mistake that happens. Just sits there, plays solid, consistent hockey. And every once in a while he pops off and you see that skill that you saw when he was playing in the state tourney where it's like, oh shit, in a year or two, this guy's going to be a problem for college hockey. Yeah. And if you watch the games too, like it's been obviously a very different year for Minnesota, but whenever they get in a pinch where they're like either maybe they're up one goal, a couple minutes left and they're just getting hemmed in, you know, goalie freezes the puck, D zone faceoff. First guy over the boards is Jimmy Clark. I mean, I think he's at like 70% of the faceoff taught this year. And more often than not, when they need him to like just win a faceoff, establish possession, he's going to do it. So, like, that's what he's kind of just been for Minnesota, where it's like, we're really in a pinch. We need someone to do a job right now and make a play right now. Jimmy Clark over the boards. And like you said, he uprooted, like, he was fully planning on going playing in the ushl again this year and like last minute like hey man you want to come figure out like classes dorm like you know ruby board all that shit you want to come uh play for us um uh, by the way preseason starts in like four weeks like yeah sure no problem and just kind of immediately took to college hockey and more than fits any i mean he plays like 14 15 60 minutes a night even when nights when he's on like the fourth line doesn't matter like they're going to use him more often than not just because he is such an important player for them so I've just like you said, I've just been so impressed with how he's adapted to college hockey. Um, and so much of what he does, and like the reason that he's leaned on so heavily is just like attention to detail. And like in those big moments, he's going to make the right play. And like you said, eventually there are times where he jumps over the boards and he does score that fuck. Who was that OT winner against? Oh god. Was that the Michigan game? Oh, I can't remember. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, but he scored a ridiculous OT winner. I know which goal you're talking about. I can't think of the team. I feel like it was Michigan, but I can't remember. I feel like it wasn't, but now I don't know. Oh, Michigan State. That sounds Michigan State, 6-5 OT winner. I think that, that was the one. More accurate. Um, but after a night where I think he played like 22 minutes a night where he was like pretty much only being utilized in the defensive zone up against other teams' top lines or up against Michigan State's top line. And then uh, he gets thrown over the boards at OT for a shift. Unbelievable goal. Waits out the goal. It goes shelf. Like, so obviously I said it at the time, like when they got him in the seventh round, I was beyond thrilled. Um, and again, just unbelievably impressive that he kind of just stepped into college hockey and like, was like, Oh, I'm not the, uh, I'm not the guy that we're going to lean on for scoring. Okay. I'll do literally everything else. Um, and make everyone else's uh, job a whole lot easier. So, Good for him. Um, let me just pull up his stat line again because my Google Doc is freezing. 22 games this year, four goals, five assists for nine points, 37 shots on net. He's a plus five, uh, nine blocks. He only took, he's only taken one penalty, which is impressive. Um, and again, I think he's clicking right around 65, 70% the faceoff dot. So uh, good for him. Skies deliver him in college hockey, I think, as uh, the next few years here go on. He may uh, be quite the uh, college hockey player. Love that. And uh, all right, that was a seventh round pick. Whoops, seventh rounder. Sorry. Whoops, sorry, Judd. Keep, keep the change. Thank you. Um, I'll all right, Risotto, Thank you. On um, what a dish, by the way. Uh, hang Jesus. on, no, Phenomenal. no. Every every like banger Judd pick that gets made, we give it the Scalaprozoto stamp of approval. 
Get Don't. that on Uber Eats. Let me get that fucking shit from Cape Cod fucking anyway, driven all the way over to Boston. Yeah. If they'll fly that shit out here, I will order it weekly. It was so yeah. good. <laughs> so all good. right, Chud. Chud, we need to expand. We need to have a location in the Twin Cities. We will partner with you on it. Details to come. Let's make it happen. We'll discuss it as soon as you jump on the podcast with us. That's right, baby. We'll go through every single pick. We'll do an hour on each individual pick since he showed up. It will. Uh, I mean, he'll hate gonna, it. He'll hate gonna, it. I'll love it. We're we're gonna host every draft at that location that gets established here too. At at my apartment. <laughs> All right, let's go live to Judd Brackett. Yeah, looks All looks right. like <laughs> looks like a guy in a hostage video. He's um, like, yes, right. uh, <laughs> help. Um, all right, moving on. Right, he's gonna, he'll never come on now. Um, all right, now UMD Bulldogs, Aaron Pionk. Weird, very weird season for UMD. They started off pretty well, and Pionk was all over the score sheet there. Then they lost about 800 games in a row. Uh, pretty much the production for every player on that team took a massive dive. Um, now they're playing decent. They're playing like 500 hockey. They they played Colorado College, who's like a pain in the ass to play against. Every game that I watch of theirs, like they have a brutal schedule. First of all, like they're always going up against like top 50 teams, and they are just again the biggest pain in the ass. Where like you're not gonna blow them out. They're gonna be right in the game. They're physical. It's just like a slog of a game. Um, and that was again the case this this week with uh, UMD. They're probably pretty similar in terms of just like overall talent pool, but how, game how one, three they to have lost Isaac Howard. Yeah. That's gotta be just, he can't that one lose things a touch. Yeah. yeah Especially that, that stick hat that he made. Oh my God. Yeah. God, what a, that's, he that's is but yeah, that was uh, an impressive performance. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, game one, three, two win game two, three, two loss. So there you go. That's like the epitome of like how Colorado college has done this year. I mean, like UMD obviously isn't a top team, uh-huh. but they, um, they gave the Gophers a run. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I feel like there's been a whole lot of games. UMD too, where like a bunch of those games against like the top 20 teams. It's been like back and forth and eventually third period. It's just, I, like I was in Colorado college. Well, there you go. They were both same thing. Two different teams, I guess. Um, let me just pull up that stat sheet again. <laughs> Nothing crazy. The thing with uh, the three, two game, the Sunday game, um, was quite like just the back and forth high event. Oh, I'm sorry. Game. The first game on Saturday, whenever they play Saturday, Sunday, it always fucking throws me off instead of Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the first game playing on a Monday last week. So that threw me for, a yeah, whole that, I hated that a whole lot. It really Especially when there was like five other games on at the same time. I think it was like <laughs> yeah. Pitt, Philly, Minnesota, Dallas, and the national championship game. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I what am I supposed to do? Um, but the first game, there we go. I got that one right this time. Very back and forth affair. The goaltending on both sides, very good. But um mm-hmm. Pionk didn't find the score sheet this weekend, but was just rifling shots of the boy. The se- game two, he probably missed. I think he probably had like 12 or 13 shot attempts and just did not sniff the net. Uh, first game, he put up five and on net. Um, but he is just like the classic was a forward switch to D and found out that he was very good as a defenseman 
Um, and that's just like every time he plays like, yep, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like, I think he's fourth on that team in points right now. Um, and again, another guy like UMD is just kind of not UMD of old where like they're a top, whatever team just like paying the ass play against and like more often than not going to eke out a victory against some of the best teams in the country, but they're still like, they still have a few players there. Quinn Olson Bruins prospect. I think he's like 75 years old. I have no idea how he's still eligible to play college hockey. It's fucking unbelievable. He's like Johnny Walker, Arizona state, uh, who's now in the ECHL. Apparently he's just like a goon now. Fun fact. Um, he has like 140 penalty minutes. Um, but again, a lot of the same stuff from Pionk where it's just like very involved offensively defensively he's a decent enough against like he's a good rush defender where he can kill plays runs into trouble once there's like extended possession like can get lost a little bit and that's like oh yeah okay this kid was this kid was a forward but um <laughs> but like enough there that you can work with that like again like in terms of skating hockey like, like you could work with a player like that so he's yeah. another intriguing one um brother or no i'm sorry son Son of Neil, uh, son of Neil Pionk on the Winnipeg Jets. Do you, do you worry though with a guy like him, like making the late change in position and being a little bit more of a raw talent? Do you think that the Wild are going to pull him too early to keep his rights, or are they going to risk him going to free agency and hope he'll stay, like let him play out the four years, or what's that look like? No, I think you can let that play out. I mean, you. I have to do this every fucking time I compare prospects, but like Mason Lowry with the Bruins, he was a forward up until like his junior year of high school. <laughs> so like, and then decide to go be a defenseman at Ohio state was one of the best defense of the country. Now he's playing in the NHL. They were very it's, patient it's, with him and they let the him play. in the country. Well, he's also not playing for Ohio state. So Ohio state, like he entered, he hit college when they started being a top 15 team. Like UMD is just in a weird, it's a different situation. I'm saying like similar in terms of like the positional yeah, stuff. Right, right. Um, right. And again, I think there's enough tools there. Let like, All right. you're also not banking on him. You're not like, we need him to hit, you know, like, so if they have time to let him marinate, I think. No, right. But again, I, I know you mean, that. I'm just always on edge with college kids. Like, do you worry about him going where he wants? No, if you wait too long. Really. Um, do you think they should go away from that or do you like that rule? Like not from like, obviously it's great for the players. I'm saying more like from the league perspective, the NCAA is the only situation where a player can literally just play it out and then go to whatever team they want. It seems weird to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it would be weird if it, league came in was like we're actually gonna give we're gonna take away some power now because like the players are already at like uh i think it'd be I, i'm fine with it i think is where i guess that i guess that's what that means i'm it's fine like, with why, it why can't you in any other developmental league play long enough that your rights are no longer held i don't know well you you can it's just it's the it just like, doesn't happen though well, college as, it makes sense yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Like, well, you see a plenty of times. I mean, like, we can stick with Minnesota, like Andre Svetlakov. Eventually, they traded him to Boston, which was like a nothing trade. Right. I, I guess the reason I care Who's is like, the same thing. They will not sign him. Right. But I care more from the angle of like, there are a lot of scenarios where a player should play all four years of college 
for their development and to get a degree, like all of the basic reasons. And these NHL teams are going to kind of bully them into signing because they don't want to lose out on their rights. And I don't like that from a lot of angles. Yeah. When you phrase like that, I, yeah, yeah, I know I see what you're saying. Like, it is a weird. They it is a very and say like through the end of their college year, you still hold their rights, kind of thing. I know that's right. giving them longer retention on rights, but it's just like, I don't know. It it almost deters drafting a college player in some senses. Like right. it's obvious when you're at the top of the draft and you're like, yeah, they're going to play freshman year and they're going to come. Cool. It's those other guys, the guys that are going like late first, second, third, fourth. Those are the guys that like, I'd love to see Charlie Strammel play at least three, if not four years of college, then make the jump to pro. Cause there's clearly things he can still work out in college hockey. That's just like one immediate example. It's just, I personally don't like the rule. I love it for the players. Like great. They get an extra like arrow in the quiver, but I don't know. It seems weird that they're unique in that sense of being able to capitalize on that. And you see players taking teams hostage like a Fox, like a VC, like, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I do think when it, I, I, I would say like, it's still like when it does happen, like with a higher profile player, like it becomes big news. Obviously I still think there's the more, there's like less of that going on than like, teams actually letting guys play it out or whatever so i I don't know it's interesting but the practicality of like what i guess what would be the just well i guess just changing the the amount of time on like the right stuff for college guys yeah i don't know it's interesting um yeah and to wrap on that aaron peong 21 game (laughs) 21 games, one goal, 10 assists, 11 points, 55 shots on net. Uh, still a plus four, which is actually impressive with some of the uh, – they have got the absolute shit kicked out of them a few times. So the fact that he's still a plus player, and I think they're like a couple of games under 500, it's, that's quite impressive. Um, so a whole lot of room to grow there. Plenty of runway, a lot of tools. We love that, so we can move on. Um, one of the more intriguing guys – on in an organization with such a deep prospect pool in general, but also the back end, Riley Ryan Healy at Harvard. Harvard is horrible. Um, this is the worst they've been in a very long time because pretty much every top player at every position signed and left. Um, big one there being Coronado. Um, they have, they did win on Saturday, which gave them their second win of the year. Um, that being said, Ryan Healy is playing probably seven or eight more minutes a night than he was last year. And he is taking that responsibility and running with it. He is, I believe now he's second on the team in points, but, uh, two games this weekend scored in both power play weapon. Um, also add an assist in their 5-3 loss against Brown. With all of these minutes that he's now playing, like he is literally on the ice, like 30 minutes a night at this point. Um, whole lot of dashes that comes with that. Um, and a whole lot of Harvard scoring comes on the power play, which is obviously where he's going to get the majority of his points. So the plus minus is not looking amazing, but that tends to be 
what happens when you are a top minute getter on a not good hockey team. I think they're like two, ten and two at this point. Um, but just got named ECAC defensive or a defenseman of the week. Um, again, I think he's only failed to find the score sheet in like three or four of these games, but he is phenomenal to watch. Like I said this before, I don't think I've ever seen him dump a puck in. Like if he has it, he is going to look to make a play. He is unbelievable at walking the blue line, creating lanes. Um, he's got a great shot. So he is like another kid that's got a whole lot of tools and just another one that fits that profile of like elite skating, very creative, incredible in transition defenseman that like, I think this year you looked at the draft, like they targeted big centers since Judd's stepped in pretty much every defenseman. The first thing that you, that jumps out is like, Oh, they are un, an unbelievable skater. Um, and that's where a lot of Healy's defensive prowess comes into another guy that like is very good at just killing plays and starting to transition the other way. Um, so I think, you know, you look at his like point total, very impressive. I think he's already pretty close to his, point total all of last year just given the fact that he was oftentimes playing on the third pair last year didn't get a whole lot of power play time this year he's like number one defenseman number one pk number one power play um number one just overall defenseman in like he is always on the ice it's on if i'm half watching harvard and i look away every time i'm watching like he is on the ice and he usually has the puck so um very very fun player to watch dude like electric and again wants to make a play every single time he has the puck so um big time jump in points given the uh the elevated like opportunity and just role in general so he is their go-to guy both offensively and defensively so two games this weekend two goals with an assist three points nine shots on net dash two with a block shot um again ecac defensive player defenseman of the week 15 games a season, six goals, seven assists, 13 points with 40 shots on net, six penalty minutes, dash 16, and 15 block <laughs> shots. <laughs> Honestly, the weird. fact that he's only like just over a dash per game on that fucking Harvard team is, is again, like there's some guys like dash 24. So. Norris nominee. Dude, like he just like lives on the ice. There's like, no, stay, stay out there. He's like, fuck. All right. Jesus Christ. Um, he's he's like a three or four year college guy but like so much upside there like so much upside um so it'll be interesting to see where that plays out and the more guys that just watching this fucking nhl team right now the more prospects that you have on the back end that are very good at running a power play i just it makes me happy you know at least that's coming eventually (laughs) so um high ceiling kid long-term project same thing like we said with uh kyle masters when they first drafted him one of my favorite fucking prospects of all time um although he definitely skipped a few steps this past couple of years just in terms of like the like outline how long it would take for him to be ready um so but ryan healy great year so far on just a, a just god that harvard team dude like oh my god I feel bad. Like they're getting the shit. They got the shit kicked out of on Friday by Brown, who fucking their, nerds. their fucking jerseys are football jerseys. They literally like it's 
home and away. They have like the fucking giant ass fucking numbers on the front, like a fucking football jersey. And I'm like, man, you can't get your ass kicked. Oh, like these USA World Junior jerseys in Buffalo. Yeah. Gross. I hated them. Yeah. Imagine being the team that gets your fucking ass whooped by those guys. (laughs) Fucking. That sucks. That sucks. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Either way, Healy, great season so far. Uh, Very fun to watch. Um, All right. Last college guy. I would say very much uh, forgotten slash lost in the full or Nate Benoit. People probably forgot that they drafted him in the sixth round a couple years ago. He has been getting on and off scratched at North Dakota this year. Obviously North Dakota, very good team. He's a, he is like what I would imagine. I'm I think they would, they're hoping he turns into what they had in Tyler uh, Clevin um big fucking mean as shit very physical defensive oriented but like can skate and actually does have like some decent offensive tools um he played in both games this weekend for the first time i think since he got there uh first game 5-4 loss in overtime against omaha put up an assist his first point in college hockey um and then game two they win three one against omaha he's a plus one with another block shot um only played in 11 games this year with the one assist he's only taken five shots on net um and it's a plus one with four penalty but it's seven block shots again another guy i think there's enough tools there that are like make him a very like intriguing given his situation playing at north dakota this is a player that i think will be leaned on much more heavily um when he's probably like a junior we'll see what happens next year as a sophomore but sure. he's very young shout out he's from uh Bo, new hampshire love that for me and him um so you know what he's actually my favorite hockey player in the world dog he's a new hampshire guy um but he looked really good uh, i actually tuned into the second game of course i missed his fucking assist uh but he played like 18 19 minutes was hitting everything that fucking moved um and looked great defensively so uh, nice to see him get on the score sheet though um, get his first college point. That does it for college hockey. Boom. Um, All right. Do you think we can wrap up Europe? We can rip minutes? through. Yes. Um, Let's just stick to the ones that actually might come to Minnesota. We can skip over the the first offs and the goose gov. What? <laughs> yeah, we won't. We won't okay. touch on goose okay. First off, and Yurov did play against each other the other night. So okay, we can we can kind of lump them into one then. Um, all right, let's start with Husadinov. One game this week, 3-1 win against Akbars, 23 shifts, 17 and a half minutes, plus one with only one shot on net, seven for 17 at the faceoff dot with a takeaway. He's in quite the scoring slump. Soshi has been horrible lately. Like, I think this is their first win in, like, a couple of weeks. Like, they've been getting the shit kicked out of them. They never have the puck. Um and he hasn't been quite as impressive as when he first got there. So this is the first time I've been like, oh, this looks like old Ska, who's the dean of. He'll get himself out of it. He'll be fine. He's a very good prospect. But like the past few weeks, it's just been rough go for him um, and Soshi in general. Um, but yeah, just wasn't not at his best right now. Uh, so 39 games, 16 and a half minutes time on ice, five goals, seven assists with 12 points. He's dash 11 Six pims. The big thing for me, and it reflects just like it is production. He's only taken 46 shots on goal this year, which like 
the big part of him taking such a big jump last year, like with that, like a, with more getting more ice time, he just found himself on the puck, was willing to actually fucking shoot and like get involved in the offense that way. Right now, he's definitely just looking to facilitate. Like the whole team, again, is looking brutal in terms of confidence and just like any kind of playmaking offensively. But the 46 shots on net for me, if you're only averaging just over one a game and you're like first or second line center, you really want to see like double that. So um, that's the one thing that's really jumped out at me. Like he's not even looking like he's going to score. It doesn't look like he wants to shoot ever. So that's one thing that's stuck out. Um, just under 50% of the faceoff dot this year, he's blocked 36 shots, uh, 38 hits and 13 takeaways. God, I will never forget that. That was insane. And that's who's a Dinov. So there you go. I went through that one pretty quick. Uh, Daniil Yurov, the heater continues. Two games this week. 6-2 win against Spartak on Sunday. Three points, two goals with an assist. He's a plus three, so all three points came at even strength. At the beginning of the year, a lot of those points were coming on the power play by way of them being on the power play a lot. Um Seven shots on net, so there you go. Big difference there. He is looking to get it and fucking rip it. Um, he played second line center that game, went 11 for 16 at the faceoff dot. He is just feeling it. And again, last year, year before, like in his draft year, like we were very worried about how the long-term like effect on his development that just getting benched in the KHL every fucking game would have. Coaching change, one year older, signs that contract in the offseason. Like now he's getting looks. They're actually using him at center, at wing, top Crazy. six, and it's working. So very positive, obviously. He just looks phenomenal. Uh, what's today? What? Wednesday. So that when you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> two days ago, um, <laughs> seven four loss torpedo and Vlad first of. Um, that was a rough one, 7-4 loss. Um, no one on Metal Arc was very good at all. Some of the goals against were legitimately comical. Um, like, like comical, comical. It was like, oh, that's not, that guy's never played goalie before. They must have had the fucking, like, e-bug in. But either way, uh, so two games this week, the three points. Um, played a lot of center, so that's always good. 50 games, 16 goals, 29 points, plus six, 100 shots on net. Um, so that's always good to see there. Actually, no, that's the wrong stat line. He's got like 40-something points, actually. I know that for a fact. Either way, two-way player, producing almost at a point per game. He looks phenomenal. Great to see. Vlad first off, whatever. Assists in their 7-4 win against Yurov's metal leg. Um, We'll see he if he ever plays. favorite in the prospect rankings every year. Unbelievable. When he came out, he's like, first, first off, that's my guy. That's the best prospect to this pool. Good, good joke, um, dude. <laughs> nailed it, Isha. One game in the AHL immediately goes to the KHL. Nailed it. Thanks a lot, Isha. That's because of you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the ceiling's there, dude. Like, he's a fucking good player, so I'm very curious to see if he ever comes back. Trade is right. Trade is right. Will. Yeah, there you go. Pick up pick. Um, fuck, dude, he's playing really well. He puts up crazy points in the KHL for such a young player. Um, so he's intriguing. That's why he was a second round pick. But um, it's like thirty points in forty eight games, I think. Um, so that's first off. But we don't have to talk about Kuzkov because I think got scratched in all three games this week. 
Last one, we're going over to Sweden, Liam Ogren. He is so fucking back. So fucking back. I don't know. He pouted a little bit about Team USA beating him. That's all right. He can do whatever he wants. I don't care. You know what? I'm on his side. Fuck. fuck you know, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. Team Sweden. I, I did think. Right, but, um, <laughs> he graduated. So he came back from injury a couple weeks before the World Juniors. Was pretty much playing eight, nine minutes a night on that fourth line. I think he scored in his third game back. Immediately elevated to the second line. Now he's on their first line. Playing right now 15 minutes. One game this week. Scored two goals. Um, on with five shots on net, nine shot attempts. We love that. Plus two with a hit. So now in seven games, he's going for the Cy Young. Seven games in SHL this year. He's got four goals, four points, four pims, 16 shots on net with a hit, and he is a plus two. But just good to see him back on the ice. And literally every time he has the puck, he's looking to fucking rip it. Love that for him. He looks great in the SHL this year. His first year in the SHL. So that's great. Again, I think we've said this before. Would will be interesting to see what he does, whether he signs for another year in the SHL. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, to be honest with you. Like maybe he can go the whole year without getting injured, play top six minutes in one of the best leagues in the world. At this point, with all the contracts that have been signed in Minnesota, like there's not a whole lot of spots available in that top six, anyways. Do you really want to go play in Iowa? I don't know. So we'll see what happens, you know, next year. But he looks so good in the SHL, which is awesome to see. And Firestat's one of the best teams in the SHL. Um, so overall, now that he's healthy again, he looks great. And it's always good to see him get in the score sheet, especially with two goals this week. So there you go. That's the full roundup. We did it in just under two hours. Nailed it. Did it. Did the thing. That, that used to be me by myself. For two hours, no guardrails, no one to be like, hey, man. I mean, in fairness, the only guardrails I put up throughout that entire prospect perspective was Europe being like, hey, think you can do it in 12 minutes? You're like, oh, yeah, is that a fucking challenge? That's the only reason you did it. (laughs) Yeah, hold on. All right, here we go. I don't know. I've seen you playing with your nose a lot. Why? (laughs) Just didn't lie with a guy in the bathroom. I bet you could barely spot him. Guys to the jump rope, punches someone in the face, jumps out the window. <laughs> Shout out Ted too. Great movie. There's Anyways, a show by the way. I know. I got I actually got the um advertisement for that only on audio through a podcast. I was like, wait, what? How are you gonna oh don't ruin the movies? Don't ruin the movies for Maybe me. Maybe it's good. Okay? I mean, think about it. Seth McFarlane was built for TV. I mean, if you just basically make Peter Griffin the teddy bear, like, you know, it's like, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, he is a funny fucking bastard, dude. He's a funny motherfucker. Um, Big fan of when he would host the Comedy Central roasts. I thought he was so good at hosting them, or he he would be funny. But I I know he hosted one. I didn't know he hosted multiple. He hosted two or three. Okay. They were, and he's good at like being very funny, but only staying up there for a few minutes and then getting out of the fucking way. Um, so that's a, I think that's always key for those fucking hosts. See, I don't want them up there the whole time. There's a reason that there's the fucking See, whole day. It's also funny, though, that everyone that like, gets so upset, especially because of all the like incredible girls that he wheels. 
people rip so hard on Pete Davidson, and that's fine. Like, I get where he people don't think he's funny. Him on those roasts is electric. He is the funniest person on those roasts, and I don't think it's even close. What did it, who uh, I think it was, it was like Kevin Hart? You look like Shaq's dick. <laughs> <laughs> and and his reactions too when people rip on him. Like it was uh Jimmy Carr goes up there, he's like, I for one am appalled by all the comments that people are making about Pete Davidson's father. This is not the roast of Pete Davidson's father. That, that was in was... 2001. And Pete Davidson like just sits back. He's like, oh, that was dope. That was dope. Dying, <laughs> oh, God damn it. And everyone else is like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's what? Like, is it okay to laugh at that? He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pete's like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> Good joke. Nailed it. Him, him with Ann Coulter is far and away the best. We can't even say what it is. Uh... And Coulter, if you're here, who's carrying the crows away from our crops? <laughs> it's, so it's so fucking good. He like viscerally hates her too. And like he's I mean, doing the jokes and he's just, he's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good I mean he's they all have good points, yeah. Um <laughs> he is phenomenal on those fucking roasts, my god. Yeah. Anyways, thanks. To Sean's everyone who correct. stayed in Sean's here, that long. you can't have fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's see. Do we have any comments <sighs> that we missed before we want to sign off here? There were a lot of comments. I hit the ones that I could. Those of you that I didn't message me directly, we'll rectify it next week. Next week, mailbag. Potentially. Potentially. Mailbag episode could be a good time for it. Now that uh, I remember to put the tweet out. Yeah, let's fucking commit. Let's commit to a mailbag. Um, we'll do you that next week. Nice. We'll put a tweet out. I got to actually remember to uh, give out the correct Gmail address. People can send questions to as well. If people don't want to put them on Twitter, that Ooh. is spokedz11 at gmail.com. Feel free to send the questions in through there, or we'll Should put up a tweet. Z33? Uh, somehow I believe that one was not available. And I was like, who the fuck did this? How is this possible? Z wasn't available. Like who has that? Needed a number. I need, I'm a big numbers guy, you know? Uh, um, which is why the fucking, uh, CHL websites really piss me off with their face off shit. Cause then I have to fucking put it in manually myself and it drives me insane. It's you, it's most likely incorrect. Uh, I'm going to start coming out and be like, yeah, he's like 98% face off dot. Tough look. So, you know, you know, it's fine. Um, anyways, we'll do that next week. We've now just committed to it. If if we have an episode, it's always 50-50 anyways. So. Right. Um, anything else before we sign off here? Happy. Nailed it. Did the thing. Perfect. Uh, Mateo did ask how Lambos is doing in Iowa. I would say 50-50 on some nights. He's looking phenomenal where he is feeling confident to get the puck playing 25 no, minutes a night. Other nights, he's not. You know who's lighting it? The, you know who's lighting up fucking Iowa? Caden Bank here. Thank you. Keep the change. Couple. He's got like three multi point or multi goal games. He's a beast. Love him. Uh, wouldn't be shocked to see him get a game or two in the NHL this year. Sign us off. Maybe. Um, play the outro or sign us off. Those are different things. I don't really know. I, don't know. I thought it might sound alright. It sound like shit though. Right, you are, Ken. 